What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Ashley. We here with our Journey of Love podcast. I'm here with the husband. What up, though? Really? Yeah. Sound, sound energetic, please. Well, you know, I got to come with a different style. Okay. And then I just got to give you, I got to stay consistent with it. With your what up, though? Yeah, I mean. That monotone what up, though? Right, because you come in, hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You gotta let the people feel welcome. They are welcome. Sheesh. Welcome. <laughs> That's my little quiet storm, but welcome. Quiet storm. Here we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for joining us again. We are so appreciative that you are tuning in with us on today. We have a special edition. Uh, me and the husband thought it would be a good idea to do a family edition podcast series where we evaluate um, our relationships with our parents to see, you know, what they taught us about love. In relationships and how that affected Fillmore in our relationship. So that's something that not a lot of people tend to evaluate or look at. And we thought it'd be a good, interesting series to do that and really kind of hit on some topics that not a lot of couples talk about that could possibly be affecting your relationship in some way or another. Yeah, because, I mean, people got to look at, you know, if we're the apple, where did you know, where's, where's the from? tree? Yeah, where far from chair? So, you know, you got to see where the roots came from. <laughs> That's right, honey. Get to the, the bottom branches of it. <laughs> and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, this is going to be a nice little treat. Yes. A little four-part series. So, we yeah, are super excited part. about it. Um, we're going to actually start off the series with my mother, Renee Stewart. Yeah, let's get Hand claps. We need, we need to leave a little applause button. <laughs> we do. We need to. <laughs> It yeah. means we got to get an engineer, and then that's somebody we got to pay. Oh, chair. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have <laughs> that money, chair. Right. <laughs> In house. Right. <laughs> In house. Thanks. <laughs> How are you, mom? I'm fine. How are you guys? We're good. We are great. Good. Just finished eating, belly's full, so we ready to go now. Ready to go, good. Ready to go. So am I. <laughs> we're just glad we have you here. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. You're excited? I am excited. Cool, 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 cool. Can't you see the sweat running down my face? Man, I'm excited. You're not, you're not sweating. Oh, not yet? No, you're not. Oh, okay. <laughs> just check. <laughs> you're not sweating. Okay. Just checking. Just have to check. But yeah, we, uh, we're glad that you're here and... um I'm glad you was able to fit us in in your schedule. Yeah, such a busy schedule. Right. Just squeeze us in the little, you know, the lowly people. Right. <laughs> I aspire to be like you guys one day. <laughs> Shoot, I'm, tra- I'm still trying to grow up. You know, what do you mean? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Well, you know, since you're here, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, give us a little background. Give us a little, you know, wisdom. Mm-hmm. Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the wisdom will come later, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. But I am Renee. Um, I'm Ashley's mom. I know, right? Woo woo. Mm-hmm. I right now I work at an HBCU in the finance department. I serve in ministry. I am a forthcoming author, and I'm currently working on two book projects. And. I'm highly relational and definitely a hard person. So I think this topic will be one of importance. And I th- hopefully it's our goal. I know my goal to ensure that you will have a greater understanding of relationships and heart as it relates to family and how all of that works. Okay. Okay. Right. I see you. Mm-hmm. She sounds smart, don't she? Yeah. You heard what she said. In ministry, <laughs> yes, that emphasis, right? Hello, like, Hello what, I, what, somebody. I, what I say all the time don't block your blessings now. No. <laughs> Come on, now. in ministry. <laughs> well, I'm also a life coach too, so I, I think coaching and ministry go hand in hand. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, in other words, if you need to get your life together, y'all contact my mom, she'll get you together. Okay, <laughs> that's what she's saying. <laughs> In a, in a sweet professional way, I'm gonna say the hood version. If your life messed up, you need a life coach. I eat my mother. Okay, that is all. Go ahead. Oh my gosh. Cool. So, um, if they, if you know somebody has some, needs some life coaching or mm-hmm. some some ministry, 
<laughs> How can I get in touch with you? Uh, right now, I have an Instagram page, and that is uh, titled Renee underscore Life Coach. And I currently have a, a Facebook community page, Journey 52. Mm-hmm. And that is designed for a, a my target market for that particular uh, page are women between the mid-40s and upwards. However, there are quite a few millennials that I have an opportunity to pour into. So I'm very excited about that. So probably I will be um, soon merging it, merging that page in a way that it will reach a greater audience, Mm -hmm. a greater target market, Mm -hmm. because I think it's important because we can learn from the generation behind us and they can learn from us. Right. So it will be a win-win situation because our experiences and the things that we have gone through as single parents, especially since that's what this topic is about, they can learn a lot from us. And then we can have an opportunity to hear some of the struggles and things that they cha- that they are currently challenged with, and we can help. So it's a win-win. So okay. we need them, and they need us. Okay. And as you said, you um, you have some millennials, and then you also have you know your forty and up. Yes. Is there is there a different strategy when it comes down to the two you know age groups that you have to take a you know a different approach? I, I don't. Uh, I think naturally for me. I, one thing I stand by, even to this day, is I have to re- remain true to who I am. Mm-hmm. So I do find that when I'm my 100% self and totally authentic, I get a really great response. Because even when you're ministering to people, coaching people, or even doing segments like this, such as this podcast, it's important to have a relational type base in order to reach your audience. That is so huge. And I think that's where a lot of people miss it. They miss the fact that whatever you're engaged in, relationship is first and foremost, and relationship has to be important because you have to find a way to grab the person's ear because a lot of questions, a lot of people will say, well, why do I want to talk to you? Or why should we talk to you? Mm -hmm. So you have to know how to engage with people in your audience in order to pour, in order to share wisdom and in in order to feel like a safe place. And so we live in this, we live in this day where technology is huge. And one of the challenges I would say is learning how to fine tune your voice in a very noisy world mm-hmm. and the one way I to like do that. yeah i know right yeah, write that down write that down so never was in a noisy world in a noisy world but i think uh, for me one of the uh one of the things to in order to do that is to be authentic i mean because there are a lot of people out here a lot of like i said a lot of noise and they portray that they're authentic when in reality, they're not. And I think at the end of the day, uh, what people are looking for is genuineness. Mm-hmm. And they are looking for that in relationships. Because um, I, I've always said, faults, flaws, issues and all, at the end of the day, we are all looking for someone to love us for all of who we are completely. Mm-hmm. And not to be afraid to share our ugliness with the one that we're in relationship with. And unfortunately, there are quite a few relationships out here that when you do allow yourself to be vulnerable and when you do share those deepest secrets and those the 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 most inner part of you, people have a tendency to use that to manipulate you Mm -hmm. in a relationship or they use it to hurt you. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that a when you're in relationship, you know who you're in relationship with. And first and foremost, I know for me, I can speak for me personally. Um, my relationship with God is absolutely huge. Um, that has really been the thing that has shaped me into the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. But I'm always striving daily to become a better person because no, none of us are perfect. And But my relationship with God has absolutely been a strong, strong, strong foundation. And so that in terms of relationships, if I had to let a relationship go or something, that one right there is absolutely non-negotiable because Mm -hmm. that is definitely a life-changing relationship. Okay. So did y'all get that listeners? Be genuine, be authentic and never play yourself. And stop being phony, child. We ain't got time to be phony folks. Hmm. 
I'm the translator today for real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving the hood version of what she say. <laughs> she need- <laughs> I guess Stop speaker needs phony. a hood translator, huh? <laughs> Sheesh. Fake self. <laughs> be 100. Be real. Right. Sheesh. Okay. <laughs> I don't like fake folks, you know. I just I start itching around them. The itching? Whole, yeah, break out the whole highs and everything. It's gonna need some Benadryl, <laughs> some lotion, cocoa butter, all of the above. <laughs> if you fake, don't go around Ashley. Please don't. So, mom, yes, can you tell us about? When you were growing up or even currently any type of examples or mentors that you looked at um, in terms of like expressing love, giving love, like did you see that growing up in your household? Like tell us a little bit about that. Interesting. Um, no, keep it real now. Don't. No, 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 no. I always uh, speak truth. All right. That's probably what gets me in trouble a lot. But me too, Chad. I got to honest. I know you did do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think growing up for me, what I would say overall about um, my family dynamic in terms of how love was expressed, I grew up in a two-parent home and love was in the home. However, it was never really shown or told. For Mm -hmm. example, my mom would say, I love you, but my dad... I didn't hear that from him. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably, um, the first time I heard that from my dad was when I was 28, actually. And that was when I was moving from Virginia to Tennessee. And that day when I left, that was um, the first time I heard him say, I love you. And it changed my foundation because... I grew up in an era where my parents are old school and they still are. We have, you know, of course, um, multiple generations. My parents are extremely old school. So I still have a lot of that old school value instilled in me, which is great. However, that love component, there are times, you know, you're going, well, I do my dad love me or I can't tell because you, you don't hear it. And mm-hmm. and they're, they're not the expressions of loves or atta girls or, you know, that. So I think from that perspective, which I think is important, too, because I know this segment is speaking about um, single parenting and my home was a two parent home. However, you can come from that environment, but yet still not get the key ingredients that you need Mm -hmm. to build your foundation for love. So for me, um, in raising Ashley the approach that I took was I did for her what I didn't get. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, because you have a lot of people out here that use excuse. Well, I I grew up from, from a single parent home, especially guys. And I, I didn't have a, a, a man in the house to model what I'm supposed to do. Well, the answer is simple. Just do the opposite of what you didn't get. Mm -hmm. Because if the goal is to have relationship, if, if the goal is to nurture your children and to love your children and then to express that to them, then do that mm-hmm. because if you weren't getting it then and you know you need that even now pour that into your children but i also understand that a person cannot give what they don't have mm-hmm. so i think you would need to understand first and foremost as you mentioned earlier at the onset getting to the root of why you act respond and behave the way that you do Mm -hmm. because that does have a huge bearing on how you would interact with your children how you would interact with your spouse and how you interact with your co-workers so again relationship is so 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 important so i think it's interesting i'm sorry babe. i think it's interesting that you mentioned how you came from a two-parent household but it was still some elements that you were missing right and i think society definitely has a thought that or kind of pressures everyone to say, oh, every child needs to be in a two-parent household because it kind of, in their mind, guarantees 
you for success and that you would have exactly what you need if you have mom and dad in the house, that you are set and that somehow puts you on a higher pedestal than children from single parent homes. Right. And that's, that really isn't the case. Right. And it's, it's not the case, but of course we know, um, we're in this era of fake news. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, um, and, and people in general have a tendency to want to put in the atmosphere what they want mm-hmm. in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And yes, and we do hear on the news and different, um, other media outlets that yeah two parent homes you're, you're prone to be more successful well, that's not really the case it's not um i you know we can see different just even in our society even mm-hmm. in the culture and when you have like whether you are um music artists mm-hmm. ministers um doctors lawyers and when you really take the time to learn their story and know where they come from the first thing you will probably hear is that they came from a single parent home mm-hmm you will probably hear that faster than you would hear, oh, I come from a two-parent home. I come from privilege. I come from this. I come from that. Yeah. So I, I think the reality is that it's not important where you come from, whether it's a two-parent home or a single-parent home, is how you use what you've learned to improve who you are, mm-hmm. to enhance the quality of the relationships that you desire. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think we all want to be in a relationship that's unhealthy. Right. And sometimes our life situations or the things that we've been exposed to, we kind of find ourselves in that. Mm -hmm. But just because you're in it, it doesn't mean you have to stay in it. Right. Okay. So, I mean, let's just backtrack a little bit. What, What kind of examples, you know, because... I think that, you know, the ones that are in the single parent homes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they might not have both sides of the cookie, but there are different avenues or there is someone else besides maybe their mom or their dad, whoever's the single parent that they that also shows them kind of love. Like there's a neighbor, there's an uncle, right. there's an auntie. So tell us about, I mean, was there anybody else that kind of gave you, you know, some other type of feeling of this is love or showed you examples well i think my well i don't my situation a little more background about that is that i i was in an area at during that time i was in an area in a space where i i didn't have i had trust issues Mm -hmm. and i'm also a very private person so for to raise a child or children and you have that dynamic, you're not going to automatically, oh, let me talk to you. Mm-hmm. Because again, if the relationship with who you would desire to talk to, if there's no relationship established, and then if you have someone in my case who has trust issues, I'm not going to be real quick to come to you and say, hey, can you help me with this situation? Mm-hmm. So that's why I said that my foundation with God was absolutely paramount. Because where I did not know who I could go to, who mm-hmm. I could trust, I knew I could turn to God. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of that, and, and that's not to say that my parents were not supportive because they were greatly supportive. They were there for me. But I'm speaking of the, the um, intricate parts of my hurt, the intricate parts of my pain, the suffering and silence that most single parents go through, most single parent, um, the women's particularly, those things, no, I didn't really have an avenue mm-hmm. that I could just openly pour out my heart to mm-hmm. and say, hey, okay, this is what I got going on. What do you think? No. Whenever I had a temper tantrum, I, in fact, I remember one time um, because I was a single parent and, and it was never my desire to 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 just really, I, I, I guess I, I took on the weight of... Like, wow, it was where I went from being this confident person down to not having any confidence because I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, so I did the opposite of what I saw. So in doing that. You just knew, you know, what not to do. Right. Right. Because relationships teach you when you watch them, you don't necessarily have to mirror yeah, that's yeah. To sum it up, you 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 
do the opposite so you know what not to do mm-hmm. so living at home um not not having the open expression of love taught me okay well i that's what i need mm-hmm. so I, I believe i was that with ashley um she was <laughs> was she like that babe she was definitely like that in in my personality i'm the person i don't receive a lot a lot of love real well because <laughs> she's very Give me kisses and nose, and I'm like, move. <laughs> so like, yeah, she definitely did. It's like an oxymoron. She's I like, know. I don't want the love. And then I was like, <laughs> not that I didn't want it. I'm just not as as emotional, I guess, as my mom is. Right. And who knows? When I have a kid, I might be all mushy and stuff too. Like, come here, give me. <laughs> who knows? But I, I think that comes from our um, unique personalities yeah by nature i'm a hard person yeah and by nature i'm 100 percent relational and so i'm always says i don't have a heart so. right and that was my that was our insight to, oh you don't have a heart you know i would like to give her a hug and, Ma, stop Ooh, or, or i would kiss her cheek ew stop it was always something <laughs> just kind of corny but that was like our that was us that's how yeah. we communicated and that's how we expressed ourselves that was the way you was expressing your love right it was the way and you you know and um but people communicate and express their love very differently. differently. Yep. Right. And so, but to get back to speak to the, like with the trust issues, it is hard for that single parent woman or guy in this case to, to find that person that they can connect with that they don't already have that connection established. Mm-hmm. And so that's bad because you don't have an outlet. But on the other hand, it does teach you, and helps you to grow and mature a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And it and in and in some ways it forces you to be totally honest with yourself. A lot of people don't like to look at themselves. A lot of people don't like to be honest with themselves. But when you find yourself in a situation that you have no choice but to face who you are, then you can begin to dissect that and look at Okay, why do I feel this way about this? Why do I look at this this way? Okay, well, this is not right. This is not healthy. How can I turn this around and make it better? Mm-hmm. You know, and so for like the single um, women who are raising children, the one thing that I would definitely encourage them to do that as they're growing. And here's my philosophy. Let me let me before I finish that thought, let me say this. My philosophy was this with um, Ashley. And not just because she's my daughter, but I think this, in my opinion, should be the philosophy or at least the approach that a lot of people should consider when raising children. Children didn't ask to be born. So I think it's the responsibility of the parent in the home to make that child's life, A, as comfortable as possible, what I mean is that child should never have any less than what you have. So because I remember um, when I was pregnant with Ashley, there was I was working in retail at the time and there was this young mother who came in and she was dressed, hair intact, nails done, makeup Down to the done. Nines, huh? She was just together. And following behind her, her was her little baby. The onesie was dirty. Mm. The nose had nasty, nasty mm-hmm. hair unkept, mm-hmm. no shoes on the baby feet. Mm. And that left such an impression with me. And I said, I don't ever want to do that to my child. If anyone is going to look nice, well presented and well kept and taken care of, it's going to be my child before me. Which led to, because again, my parents are old school and growing up, that was the one thing, I, you know, we always heard, oh, well, you know, I can't buy myself this because we got got to get you this. And so that's like a mindset, mm-hmm. a stronghold, if you will. So to a degree, I adopted that with Ashley. And then the light bulb came on one day. I said, Renee, who says you there has to be a choice between who looks nice and who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be a choice? And so when that realization came in i said oh okay we both can look nice so what i did was dispel that old myth that was passed on from generations from generations from my mom's generation you know Mm -hmm. from that era and said no we're going to create our new 
normal, if you will. So we so now that means two hairdos, two. So you realize you you need a self care as well. Like That's right. Not, I can, I shouldn't be looking like a, a sack of potatoes. Right. And my, and daughter, my daughter got on all this and this. Right. This. Yeah. And 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 the opposite. I should yeah. not be looking like. I stepped out of Vogue and right. you feel like you haven't had a bath in a right. week underfed. I mean, let's just not. Fimo, you weak over here. What you weak about? See, now, now, see, now you snitching because the audience didn't know I was weak. <laughs> <laughs> he over here weak, leaning all over the chair and everything. I want to piggyback off something that you said, Fimo. You was asking her if she knew or had any type of example of love. And I'll say from the child's perspective, since growing up in a single parent home, um, with the father with the father figure not being around um i actually had an example of a love because i was y'all heard she said she was a ministry <laughs> so, <Amen. Amen. laughs> so that meant i was at church monday tuesday wednesday thursday saturday all day sunday back again on monday i was at church all the time so of course i was at that age where i just didn't feel like being there she didn't care i was there where i wanted to go or not and I um, formed this relationship with a guy there. Um, oh, Lord. Yes, yeah. with Lloyd. Um, Lloyd. Shout out to Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd was, was awesome. He was awesome. And the one thing I, one day I was just there. My mom was there for some type of meeting. And Lloyd and I just got to talking. And I was just talking to him about, situation with my dad how he wasn't around we and you know we just had that whole conversation and he lord affirmed me in so many ways but then the 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 trick part about it the funny part about it was that lord himself had also had a daughter that he had left um and wasn't in her life and i thought it was so crazy because here this man is telling me all these things and it helped me to understand a little bit what my father may have been feeling and going through and why he possibly hasn't reached out because he explained his experiences to me and while he um, hadn't reached out at that point to his daughter. Um, so I think that was one of the pivotal relationships, like for me mm-hmm. from the single child perspective, that was, that was good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So that's kind of a uh, segue into how was how was it like growing up as a single parent and balancing your love life? Oh well, you, you, you said you didn't trust nobody, but <laughs> well, no, it's true. Um, and and yeah, I guess that would be a good segue. And again, as I mentioned, I, I didn't trust easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so being a single parent, and I do want to make sure I, I make this point, and I want to make it pretty clear being a single parent you wear a lot of hats and you know there was the old expression oh well I'm 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 both mom and dad in the relationship and again that's a a myth that we can say we can bust because no you're not you're mom and that's all you're required to be not mom and dad because what the 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 child needs from the mom would be totally different from what the child needs from the dad. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. right. So you have to stay in your role of mom and be mom. Stay in your lane. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, for me, um, and then of course, what well, me and just, I'm sure, countless others, when you're raising a child as a single parent, you still have a lot of your own unresolved issues mm-hmm. that you're contending with, you know. Um, the one thing I never did, at least I don't believe I did it, was um, speak against her dad. Mm-hmm. That's true. She never did. And and that was something that, that was a relationship that when that time came, that would be something that she needed to um, develop on her own. You know, I, I didn't want to say, oh, well, you know, say anything derogatory. And then when that meeting comes, she has this already preconceived um, notion about who he is Mm -hmm. based on what I've shared. So I think uh, it's important as single parents, mothers, so if you all are doing that, please stop speaking against the man that you slept with to get the baby here. Please stop doing that. Why do you feel like that's so important? 
why it was important. No, I said, why do you feel like it is so important I, I not to do that? I think it's important because, again, you don't want to form, you don't want to put a wrong perspective. Of, you don't, you, you want the child to discover who he is on their, on their own. own. Yeah. And that's important because if I sat here and berated him and Ashley and when they met for the first time, then she'll say, oh, yeah, my mama told me she, he was like this. Or, you know, my yeah. mama said, you know, no, because and it's no different than with with your relationship, relationships with your co-workers or, or other family members. Yeah. People have a tendency to talk and whisper in your ear. They whisper what they want you to hear. Mm-hmm. But what's important is when a mother does it to their child, they're actually coming from their own place of hurt. And so hurting people hurt people. So. Again, so when you're in this single parent dynamic, you absolutely you, what you're doing is you're you're learning how to raise your child as objectively as loving as possible, but while at the same time, figure out why you're still broken, and look at those broken elements in you and what you need to do to fix them. And I think that's where a lot of women draw the line because they don't want to look at their brokenness. Mm-hmm. They don't want to look at what do I need to do to fix this to get me right. Because that is hugely important because if you're speaking about learning to be a single parent and balance love, you have to know who you are because otherwise you will find yourself in this perpetual cycle of having a lot of babies. You know, you may have a lot of babies with a lot of different dads and all of this. And, and that's not what you want mm-hmm. because when you're, when you are a broken woman, you will always be attracted to the first thing that loved you. Thanks. Big old facts. (laughs) So if you don't learn who you are as the mom and what you don't need in your life, then you're always going to be in a revolving circle. In this revolving circle. But it also, I think it also uh, teaches a child to pick sides early on. Because mm-hmm. clearly if, you know, you are a single mother and you're raising children. And the one person I keep asking about, in this case, the dad. Like, where is he? What is he? Da, da, da. Your daddy ain't this. Your daddy ain't that. Your daddy ain't. You know, so the child has it in their head. And they automatically pick sides with you. Right. So if there ever comes a time where dad wants to reach out or dad wants to do whatever. Or make you know, amends for however many years he wasn't there, mm-hmm. that just got that much harder mm-hmm. because the child does have that in their head and they're like, oh no, you did this, 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 this to my mama. Now, while that may be true, that's not the child's responsibility. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's one thing my mom never did. And I think I've said it on a previous podcast before, she never talked ill about him. Mm-hmm. And then when the time did come when I was in college, I think that was second semester freshman year, if I remember correctly, when I did meet him, um, and I just started going through some things. And I would mention it to my mom. She was like, oh, okay, yeah. He typically does stuff like that. And I'm like, why are you going to tell me? She said, no. Because you needed to see and meet him for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing she was always doing. So basically what y'all saying is the child needs to find out if he's a dirtbag on their own. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, whatever the case, not necessarily a dirtbag. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm but, just saying, yeah, if, he's, a, if he's naturally a dirtbag, it's going to come you know, through. Be yeah. a, I mean, a the child will be able to see it. If you raise mm-hmm. them, you know, in a way, they'll be able to see stuff. And right. I mean, it just doesn't make sense for you to bash the other parent, right. period. And just to piggyback off what she says, I mean, that's you are just spewing your hurt into them. Like right. You're still mad for whatever reason the situation didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Right. And now that child may be a reflection constantly of the relationship. And every time you see the child, you just mad. Yo, daddy, yo, daddy, you just like your daddy. Da, 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 all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and see, Ashley, and, and I will say this, which is, I'm, I'm going to say this since she mentioned it. Ashley looks just like me. So we're constantly told that we look like twins. However, at night, when I would go in her room and check on her, I saw all of him. You know, mm-hmm. and so, and when you put the three of us together, we almost look like man. Y'all. It's like cutting. <laughs> let me tell y'all something. <laughs> when I met this man for the first time, me and Ashley's dad. Shout out to Joseph. When I met him, I was like, oh, I don't know now. I don't know. I don't know. Some things, his mannerisms and stuff. And I was like, oh. well, look at there. <laughs> well, that's what she get from. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I can see it. I can yeah. See it. So it's it's um. So I I think um, 
just speaking to the, the single parent woman, it is really important to understand who you are. And again, as I wanted to allude to earlier, I took a different approach. And this is the reason why it, that's not to say the approach that I took was right or wrong is what I did for me in that moment. Um, because I was raising a daughter and because she is naturally beauty, beautiful. And I'm not saying that just because she's my daughter. And so, and I was concerned by different, uh, about different other elements. So as I'm raising her, I'm growing as well. Mm -hmm. And so if I can't, if I'm not going to let her go out, then I'm not going to go out. So mm -hmm. I made the sacrifice and, and sacrifice is big ladies. There are sacrifices that you have to make in raising your children. Because as I said earlier, the child didn't ask to be here. And because a child didn't ask to be here, you have a, you have a greater responsibility to make sure that you nurture that child and you um, groom that child. You pour wisdom into that child. You do everything that you need to do to make sure your child has a good start in life. Mm. And so that's what I did. And so uh, were there people who were interested? Yes. However, in my mind, when I would do a fast forward, I said, well, I wouldn't be comfortable. This was probably about the time where she was able to stay home by herself. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to go out on a date and have a really nice time. knowing my daughter is at the house alone because now that opens the door for other things to come into play. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah, mom, go ahead, go out. And then next thing I know, I might see somebody sneaking out the back window trying to jump over the fence. Then, you know, <laughs> so now we're going to have a whole nother problem, you know. What kind of problem? So, <laughs> so that was my. I don't know. I was an angel. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but that was. Let <laughs> that truth come out. <laughs> but that was my personal sacrifice mm -hmm. because it really was important to me. Because like I said, you know, you get caught up in that mindset. Oh, you're a single parent household. You're both mom and dad. No, we want to focus on that. I am mom. And as much as it depended upon me, I wanted to make sure that when she went off to college, that she was as healthy, as healed and as whole as she could possibly be. Because again, not preparing your child for that, she could have went to college and just went buck wild okay. and just got caught up in a whole bunch of stuff. And I did not want that for my daughter. So that was my daughter. I had a responsibility. So, no, she grew up in a home. You know, we um, and it was important that she grew up in a home, four walls, all brick, <laughs> brick house. Mm -hmm. um, that was important to me because I grew up in a home. So if I grew up in a home then my child needs to grow up in a home. All of that was important to me because it fostered stability. And the other thing that I did in terms of raising her was to pay attention to her. When we are speaking about relationships, we're talking about making an investment. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about making an investment in your time, all of your time, um, exchanging your life. Because when you're grooming your child, you want to... Everybody's screaming relationship, relationship, relationship. I want this. But you're not taking the time needed, A, to learn about the person that you're in relationship with. Mm -hmm. So in this case, when you're in relationship with your child, it's important because all of us, regardless of how we got here, um, we all are gifted uniquely. Mm -hmm. We have unique talents. We have our unique weaknesses and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So because I have made it a priority and made the sacrifice, I wanted to know everything I needed to know about Ashley. What makes her tick, what her strengths are, what her weaknesses are. So when I did that, then I could be able to point her, now, okay, now that's your weakness right here, so you need to watch that. Now this is your strength, you need to develop that. I allowed her freedom of expression. I needed her to be all of who she was so I could see, see, what I needed to help her with. Mm -hmm. And that's a true investment in your child. I mean, that legitimately is. And that really does take a, a huge level of sacrifice. Now, again, that's not to say that approach would have worked for everybody, but that was what was important to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to uh, touch on that part where you said express the expression. So, you know, for her, you want her to express her 
Right. How she right. was. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to now. Okay. The way technology is, social media, social, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's so emotional now, touchy feeling. Right. You know, there's bullying and, right. you know, everybody's so expressive right. more now. <laughs> right. You know, would, would you change anything or, you know, if there were, yes, no, maybe. Would I change anything about the way I raised yeah, her? Yeah, the whole process. Because, I mean, you know, things are different because when we grow up, you know, there wasn't no cell phones and you ain't had to worry about no internet, no cyberbullying. Just came out, internet. Right. You didn't have that. You didn't have just apps. <laughs> you know, right. you had other things. You got more stuff now that can take your attention. They can, you know. So you're saying, would she change anything? Like, if she yeah, well, I mean, what, age or? yeah, would, would you take a different approach or would yeah, you? Yeah, you would have to. Well, yeah, and I don't know if I would necessarily say I would take a different approach. Uh, I think if I would have to say anything, the landscape makes it more challenging mm-hmm. to raise children, whether you come from a single parent home or a two parent home, you know, because I know people who, who I guess, and, and I wasn't aware of it cause I didn't have it back then, but they're like the tracking devices on the phones. Mm-hmm. So you can track your child, children, that's right. you know, exactly where they are that's at three 30 in the morning. <laughs> Whose house mm. their car is parked in. I'm going to show have it on my <laughs> You mm. know. And so for me, I think that would be, it was already an experience mm-hmm. then. So I just can't even imagine the weight of doing that now. But in terms of, so I think I would say no. Because, and if I did, I probably, she always, she's always felt that I was strict on her. I don't think Very. I would. I know I wasn't. Couldn't do nothing. I would turn my head for the right. <laughs> Cause that's your weakness. Don't go over there. <laughs> don't you look that way. Uh, yeah, and she's always said that, but I don't think I was because I think, from my perspective, I did what was necessary to keep my child safe mm-hmm. as best as I needed to. And again, she became my priority when she got here. Mom took second seat because Ashley, as I've heard her say, she came from humble beginnings. So when she went to the prom, we had one car. And so when I speak to sacrifice, she wanted to go to the prom. She didn't have a date, but I wanted her to go to the prom, got a new dress and all of that. And I distinctly remember letting her take my car. That was our only mode of transportation. She had recently just gotten her driver's license. And and then I walked. The blood was on it. Right. And I walked home. And I remember it wasn't that far of a walk, but my point is I walked home and I just remember thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I just gave my daughter who just got her driver's license. The only vehicle I have to get back and forth to work and anything else I needed to take care that needed to be taken care of. I just gave it to my daughter so she can go to the prom and I walked home. So it was in moments like that that just really showed me the level of sacrifice yeah that was, that was some sacrificing right there and i bought the car back in one piece brought the car scratch. back in one piece i don't even think <laughs> i fussed about that but i think it i think it was just a reality of knowing that that was such an awesome investment that i made in her not because i was trying to be the best mom not because i was trying to be any of that but again my sole purpose and mission with ashley was was to make sure that she was good when she was released into the world. But I think that situation, our whole situation forced me to grow up quicker too. So I think I was a little more mature in some areas than right. other people my age. Cause I was forced to do a lot of things earlier right. than some people. So I think my maturity level was a lot mm-hmm. higher than most my age group. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, cause there was a, um, there was, I, I can't think of them all, but there were so many sacrifices that um, I made for her, even to when she graduated high school and moved back here. Um, she was coming back to to Virginia, but yet she was supposed to go to an award ceremony to receive money for a scholarship. And she wasn't here to receive it. So I made the adjustments in my life that I needed mm-hmm. to be at an award ceremony. Standing on my behalf. Standing on her behalf. To get her money. And it wasn't even about just getting the money, but it was just like, again, that was sacrifice. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Um, and I think I did not realize the magnitude of the sacrifice that I made for her until she came home one day um, shortly after we got back to the area. She went on a job interview. I can't remember who the company was. And she came home and she said, Mom, she said, the lady said that she was really impressed with me and, and I should buy you some flowers. I was like, buy me some flowers? I was like, for what? <laughs> and it was because of how she was raised. Mm -hmm. Because they were used to, again, you call it a stereotype of, of single parent home. This mm -hmm. is what you can expect. Yeah. But they didn't get mm -hmm. what they expected. She so, has a good home training. Fast sense. Common sense, street sense, all that. Common sense rolled into one. Common sense. <laughs> so I think, but in, I think overall, though, when we were talking about establishing balance and love, I, I think that is just really hugely important that you, you know, draw your draw your lines appropriately, so that if you do choose to have personal relationships while you're raising children. The one thing I absolutely would say is be responsible for them yeah. and, and, and not to bring people around your children uh, just because you're lonely. You know, your husband or your boyfriend walk out or whatever. The situation don't work for whatever reason. Say and, it louder for the people in the back. Say and, it one more time. And, and, you're so, <laughs> and you're so hurt. Oh, I'll fix you. I'll go back here. I'll go out here and find somebody else and bring them on into the house and you're you're on you're on www.findmeaman.com <laughs> and the first face that pops up and next thing you know he's in your house he's in your bed and he's around your children and you know nothing about this person but again for me it's all it's always been about and even now um it's about emotional health and emotional wholeness and so, and, and, and women who are definitely in that vulnerable place really need to be mindful that men are looking for women to prey on. Mm. So, you know, if your husband wasn't paying the light bill. And somebody paid the light bill. And, and you know, and, and, and he'll say, oh, yeah, he's going to pay my light bill. Like, oh, my gosh, my husband wouldn't do that. Or my boyfriend wouldn't do Whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And all he's doing is looking for the nuggets, the droppings, the crumbs. So he know how to treat you to give you a false uh, illusion of who he is. That's all he's doing. But because we're so hurt and vulnerable, we're like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing smoking and whatever. And and no, he's not. He's just, you're, you're just bait. You're, you, he's ready to just manipulate you and all of that. And so women really have to be on guard with that because your children should be your priority. If they weren't your priority, then you should start making them your priority mm -hmm. because you do have a responsibility. You're talking about legacy. You're talking about that's your name out there. That's your reputation. One of the things my dad did say to me, I had a um, I had a medical uh, issue where I had to. Uh, anyway, that was it was just really crazy. But anyway, I was in isolation for what, three days, I think it was. Yeah. And so when Ashley was speaking about she had to grow up so quickly, that was definitely a time where she had to grow up really quick because I was literally um, isolated for um, three days. And and one of the things I remember my dad telling me, he says, well, now um, now your your um, test begins now that I'm going to be graded. And I was like, what do you mean graded? Now you're going to be graded on how you raised your daughter. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so huge to me because it was just like, wow, because I never really thought that the way she lives, live out her life would be like a grade, so to say. Not to say that someone's judging me, judging me, but to say, OK, now we'll see what your work produced. What's, right. Mm -hmm. What's the fruit of your labor? You've labored, you've sacrificed, you've done this. Now we're going to see what comes of that okay. yeah you. i know right so what, what kind of grade would you give yourself oh, shoot. now i'll give myself a plus Man, <laughs> you see me? do you see me chad let me tell you let me tell you as strict as i say she was everything i didn't have an appreciation to it until i got older and i think it first started when i got in college and i just saw how all the kids were acting i'm like chad 
been did that. You just now doing that stupidity. So little stuff like that. I think I've said in the past, you know, that um, some people while I was in college called me mama because they said I had an old soul. And I was running around there and talking about, stop doing that. You look real crazy. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so, yeah, I think she did bomb. Don't you think so? I mean, I am your wife. You should <laughs> You should be like, yes, honey, you the bomb. Come on now. I'm trying to coach you along. <laughs> I married you, so <laughs> I think that speaks for itself. That speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. So, is there any um, anything that you glean from past relationships that or that you can give advice to for specific women? Like, was there a particular relationship that you were in either prior to me or when I was younger, or any duration during that time where it was just like that one kind of stuck with you? You just like Ugh, red flags to anybody who. Maybe in something similar. Um, I still, I just have to. Um, there is an author, and I want to make sure I say her name because I don't want anyone to get in trouble. Um, her name is Michelle McKinney McHammond or Hammond, I believe. I was in a library um, bookstore. I'm sorry, at one point. And I was looking through some books, and for what I don't remember the name of this particular book, and I like quotes. And there is um, a quote in there that stayed with me: "Patience is the weapon that forces deception to, to reveal, reveal itself." Mm-hmm. And so, whenever I would meet someone, that would be the first thing that I would think about was that quote, mm-hmm. um, and that. That was one of the tools in my tool belt that I used to weed out the people, so to say, you know. So I would I would say to to the young mothers or mothers in general to really watch the company that you keep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And watch who you have around your children. Mm -hmm. Um, There are I could tell you countless of stories of women who are who are so desperate to have a man that they will literally bring a stranger in their house mm-hmm. with girls. Mm-hmm. The girls are different. You, you, you got to treat them differently. You can't have them exposed because you don't know you, you have, you, you're just making your children targets, your daughter's targets when you just bring these men around them. Mm-hmm. And you really want to, um, I would say invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Invest in your self-care. Don't be afraid to look at everything that's wrong with you. I mean, it's your stuff. Own it. You know, if you know this is your weakness, fix it. But you cannot be afraid to look at who you are, how you got where you are. And you need to create a plan. How do I need to make this different? What does an emotionally healthy relationship look like for me? Because again, society is teaching us a very wrong definition of relationships. You know, people go into relationships and, you you know, you're married or I don't like you today um, and we're divorced by tonight or you're out and you're meeting someone. So you have one foot into a stable relationship and now you're out here in this other relationship Mm -hmm. and and you and you and and forget the confusion that you're causing to your children. You're causing your own confusion Mm -hmm. because now you're putting yourself in situations that you don't need to be in Mm -hmm. and not be afraid to own. and, And and to do the things that you need to do to. Ensure financial responsibility. Mm-hmm. A lot of women, especially single parent women, they're looking for that that one that's going to pay their bills, that's going to take care of their house, that's going to do mm-hmm. this, that's going to do all of this. Well, just remember, again, as I mentioned earlier, men are looking for the crumbs that you drop them. So if you're looking for someone to pay your bills, to do this, to put you up in the house, to do all of those things, then, yeah, that's going to come at a price. He's not doing that for free. Facts. I was waiting. I was waiting on that male input. I was looking at you like, uh huh. Facts. <laughs> He's not doing it for free, so I would definitely encourage the woman to take hold of who you are completely. Your finances, your emotions, your uh, mental health, your physical health, because you 
and don't feel like you need to stay in a situation with a baby's dad, so to say, and the situation is abusive. You don't want to do that. So you have to learn who you are and work on you. Develop your financial base. Take a budgeting class. Whatever you need to do to make you a better woman so that you can be a better parent to your children. Yes, God. <laughs> that wisdom. That's that wisdom talking right that's there. That's that wisdom. Yes. That wisdom. That wisdom. Okay. We hear you. That's you. All right. All right. All right. So, um, I guess we're going to try to conclude this, but. Yeah. Um, is there any advice you want to give somebody out there who. Who's in the same situation, single parent, lost, and need a, you know need a way out. Again, I think it's, it's I think it's what I've shared. You've got to come to terms with who you are, because um, in raising Ashley, one thing, another thing that really stood out for me was um, whenever, like I said, um, God was my hero you know i was like god god help me lord help me with this help me with that and i don't remember what the particular situation was but i just remember crying out to god one day and i said god you know i'm a single parent how am i going to be able to do this and i heard his voice so clear and he said stop saying you're a single parent and so the day that i stopped saying i was a single parent and took my hands off of that stronghold that mm-hmm. I created hiding behind that excuse I'm a single parent <laughs> look at me what was me once I laid that down and I just cried out to God and that day I don't know if I actually know says I um I told the Lord I said you know I said I have not done everything right in raising Ashley I did the best that I could but that day it's the day that I surrendered my entire relationship with Ashley as her mom to him. And I allowed him to help me raise her. And that was a very significant moment for me. Because again, my whole goal was to make sure she came out into the world as healthy, as healed, and as whole as I could possibly make her because our triangle, because I was unbalanced. Mm-hmm. Is she and I, dad's not in the house. So that was my goal. So I would definitely say, please, 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 and please make your children your priority. Engage in their lives, especially in this age of technology. Please do not allow technology to raise them. Do not put a device in front of them because you don't want to be bothered Mm -hmm. they are your children Mm -hmm. they did not ask to be here Mm -hmm. and since they now are and they will be here with you until it's time for them to depart it is absolutely your responsibility to pour into them the very best that you have and in order to do that you need to make sure you yourself are right Okay, look at that. Uh. Hey. <laughs> uh, say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. Okay, so um, another question. Yes. So what do you think you taught Ashley about love and relationships directly or indirectly? I think I, um, I think my past experiences, because she's been with me all my life. So, <laughs> and while there, I know, right? So while... Um, I was not a, uh, a heavy dater at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, but the experiences that she have seen me in, I think she knows what not to do, mm-hmm. um, what not to look for in a man. Um, I was, I probably would say, cause I think I do remember recalling a time because my, um, my road to relationships, which is really ironic because while I am completely 100% a hard person, 100% all relational. My relationships have never been that great. 
mm-hmm. fact, they, you know, they had their, and that's a conversation for another time, but they, they weren't good experiences for me. And I just remember sharing with Ashley, well, one thing I can do, I can say I have shown you what not to get into and what not to allow happen to you mm-hmm. um, in relationships. Because like I said, men, they're looking for women that they can just bait and play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they're looking for. So I definitely showed her that. And she knows I'm a hard person and all of that. So she, I think, um, so I would like to say I showed her that too, that even though the, the relationship experiences I had, even though they weren't positive, she saw from me a mom who still believed in love, who believed in relationships, and who mm-hmm. believed that relationships can be healthy, mm-hmm. even though that may not have been my story. Mm-hmm. So I think I showed her both what not to get into. But even if you do get into that, still know that healthy relationships do exist. Mm-hmm. They are attainable. You don't have to have your foot in this relationship, this relationship, and this relationship, piecing all the men together to come up with one. You can have a whole relationship. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. You agree with that? I would. And I would say to the mothers from a child's perspective, um, your children, even though they might not say anything to you, they, they really do pay attention to you. A lot of the lessons that I learned from my mother, of course, um, as I stated before, were indirect lessons. It was the unspoken lessons that always spoke the, the most to me. Um, so all the fussing and everything she was doing, and I heard her, but it was just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. Let's just be honest. Until, again, when you get older, you appreciate all that. But a lot of the stuff that really stuck with me were the the unspoken lessons. So, yes, I agree. There was a lot of um, what not to do's. And because of that, I think I was a little, she, again, said she's the hard person. I'm the one that's kind of a little more guarded. So I think a lot of guys, when I was going through my dating process, had a harder time getting to know me because I had seen so much of the what not to do's. That my walls were 12 foot thick. Okay. <laughs> because I was like, I ain't got time for the foolishness. I done seen this, this, this. When I say I ain't got time, I ain't got time. And then I did happen to get into a relationship, which I think I spoke about a couple of episodes earlier, that just wasn't unhealthy. And I just had to get back to the place of me owning my stuff, owning my part of that situation, owning what part of me made me even get in that situation. And then I got back to a place of self-love. And then that's when Mr. Wright came along, i.e. Fillmore. But he still has some work to do too, to get through this wall. They want 12 feet thick by that time, maybe about six. <laughs> um, <laughs> there he, Tell you something. You <laughs> Tell you something. I been knowing these two before a long time you know i, I remember the 12 foot wall that she had up not with me but you know the 12 foot wall she had thick mm-hmm. and then i also you know remember the, the times with renee over here you know being you know being mom and giving me them looks like what you want yeah what do you want what are you doing <laughs> yeah. you know I still maintain he stalked my daughter. Every time I turned <laughs> never, around, never Phil Moore was always. I was not the one jumping over the fence. The, <laughs> he was always in the background. I'm like, what is wrong she, with this dude? I'm like, I would turn around and there he was. She actually graduated from high school. Now look he, there. And he, he was, was in college. He was in college. He drove all the way from um, Old Miss all the way just to come see me graduate from high school. That was pretty special. Yeah. He was Give always he, he was <laughs> always in the yeah. background. Oh my gosh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just important to for, you know, parents to realize that how their influence can affect their children currently and in the future, especially when it comes to relationships and love especially. Um, because you are their reference point for right. that. Um, and it's important that you set a, a good example. Right. Um, and then if you do make mistakes, because we're all human, everyone makes mistakes. It's okay right. to talk to your child and say, you know what? I didn't handle that the best way or I was in this situation and I shouldn't have been. 
And, you know, this is probably why I was in this situation. And I don't want you to be ever be in a situation like this. Those conversations, I think, are are critical, too, you know, because, again, like I said, a lot of the, the things that really spoke volumes to me were the unspoken lessons. So be mindful that your children are watching you even when you think they are not. Right. They are watching you. They are watching your every move. And they would glean more from what you don't say right. than what you do. And that is huge. Yep. That is so huge, especially with the girls. And I do, of course, and she's my only child. Yes, she is. And I am partial to girls. I, I just think you really have to do different when it comes to the, to, to the daughters. Mm-hmm. You really do. The way you dress, the way you act, your facial expressions, you know, don't be swinging off no poles in front of your child. <laughs> You know, if you, if you, I mean, if all that, and if, and if you have those things going on, close the door, they don't really need to see it because impressions are made on your children at a very, very, very young age. Just because they can't speak does not mean Mm -hmm. they do not know that something's going on. Mm -hmm. Agree. Children are very insightful, very keen. Very. They know this, so they're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they be in everything. What's this? Put it down. <laughs> Hands all in the cookie jar. Right. <laughs> well, this has been a great talk. Is there anything you want to say, babe? No, Any I think I've said questions? enough. You said enough. I think I've said Okay. <laughs> Mom, is there anything else you would like to say to the listeners? Any final words I, you know i don't this has really been a, a pleasure i've um i hope there's been something that i've shared that will um encourage someone along the way to um, cause them to take a second look at what they're doing right yeah and definitely what they're doing wrong and what they need to improve yeah because it is about improving the quality of life it is about changing the dynamic of relationships yeah. um you know, with yourself, with others, with your children. And it's always important to make sure you have your child's ear. Because as long as you have your child's ear, you're able to impart wisdom and speak life into them. And you're able to be there for them just when they need you the most. Yeah. All right. Be authentic, y'all. Yes. Ain't no fakery. You got time for that. Please, no, because they actually going to start (laughs) itching. Tell the listeners again where they can find your uh, social media outlet sets, email, my- all that. <laughs> oh Lord! Oh Lord! I know, oh, right? Um, so yeah, social media. I'm on um, Instagram, Renee underscore Life Coach, okay. and um, Facebook. Um, I have a community page, Journey Fifty Two. All right, so you all heard that. Though that is where she can be found on all social media outlets. We want to personally thank you all for tuning in again to our Journey of Love podcast. Yep. Just a reminder to make sure to subscribe to all of our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you listen to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify. I think that's everything. As Fillmore likes to say, we own everything. We own everything. So we hope you all have a great rest of the day, evening, afternoon, whatever time you're listening to us. And In the meantime, remember, love is patient, love is kind. We'll see you all here next time. Peace. Bye.